Capitalism versus socialism. You tell the difference. Stay tuned. From Philadelphia, the home of the Liberty Bell, Financial Freedom Radio starts now. Here's your host, Raymond Jewell. Thank you for uh, tuning in to Financial Freedom Radio. My name is Raymond Jewell, and I'm going to be your host for however long it takes to get this message out. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That, that was a very powerful intro. <laughs> I want to introduce our uh, chief engineer, only engineer, producer, Steve. How are you doing? Hey there, Dr. Ray. How are you today? I'm dynamite. I am excited for today's show. Really? Yes. How excited are you? I'm very excited. (laughs) This one's going to be polarizing, that's for sure. Yeah, we're going to talk about socialism versus capitalism. And let me tell you, it's uh, I I hope people get a good idea as to the difference after this show. Um, But the question is, is there enough wealth in the world to pay for all the socialistic programs in the current election, all these programs these people are offering. But before we start, I want to ask you, please like, share, and uh, like, share. That's it. And subscribe. Don't forget subscribe. And subscribe. That's it. And subscribe to our uh, our podcast, our video podcast, financialfreedomradio.com. You can get the link or go to youtube.com slash financialfreedomradio. Yes, sir. So let's dig. Let's dig in. Oh, also, I forgot. If you want to print out financialfreedomradio.com, you can get a printout of what we talk about because oh, we yeah, that's right. we we transcribe it every week for everyone. So we've already done the high Stevie. So uh, I'm done with that on my notes. Um, so let's define socialism and capitalism, and let's take a look at a slide here. The main difference between capitalism and socialism is the extent of government intervention in the economy. A capitalistic economic system is characterized by private ownership of assets and business. A capitalistic society also relies on free markets to determine price, incomes, wealth, and distribution of goods. That's a little techno speak there. A socialistic economic, can you put that back up? Because I'm reading it. Okay, Thank you. sorry. My bad. <laughs> no, go oh, back. It's You're it again. <laughs> a socialistic economic system is characterized by greater government intervention into reallocating resources in a more egalitarian way. Now, that's capitalism versus socialism. You have to start with the macro first. You have to look at the macro of all of this and how it fits into our uh, current world. The macro of all the free stuff. But let's let's take a look at um, at it's the second slide, Steve. If you could bring that up, please. So let's look at capitalism versus socialism as we break it down. This, we, we talked about the macro and a definition, but let's break it down into little, little micro pieces. In ownership, assets owned by private firms, capitalism. 
Socialism, assets owned by government slash cooperatives. Equality, income determined by market forces. Redistribution of income. Prices, prices determined by supply and demand where socialism is price controls, means they tell you what you can charge. Efficiency, market incentives to encourage firms to cut costs, to be more efficient, to make more money. Government-owned firms have fewer incentives to be efficient, like the government. How efficient is that? Total incompetent in most of these government agencies. Taxes, limited taxes, limited government spending. Socialism, high progressive taxes, and a progressive tax means they ratchet up as your income goes up. So they're going to get their pound of flesh, the majority of your money. Let's put it that way. Higher spending on public services. Health care. Ah, health care left to free market. In a society, socialistic society, health care provided by government, free and point of use. Crazy. Problems. Inequality, market failure, and monopolies. Those are problems we deal with today. But socialism, inefficiency of state industry, less incentives. Advantages, dynamic economy, incentives for innovation and economic growth. Promotion of equality, attempt to overcome market failure. The government has their mitts in everything. Now let's go back to healthcare. Healthcare left to the free market. Years ago, you could buy health insurance across state lines. It was high competition until Blue Cross and Blue Shield came into play. And how do I know that? Because I'm old. Oh, you're not so. old. You always yell at me for calling you old. You can't call yourself old. So what occurred was you could buy health insurance from a company if you're living in uh, Virginia, you could buy health insurance from a company in Denver or in Colorado. And they would all compete with each other and the prices were, were ridiculously low. Then Blue Cross and Blue Shield came in as a nonprofit and all the states started to regulate the fact that you couldn't go outside the state unless you're with Blue Cross and Blue. And, and that was regional. So anyway, so when you have anything that's operating in the free market, you're always going to have a chance of keeping the price low. So the problem with liberals is that they assume first and then make all their decisions. Now, what do I mean by that? They will assume that there's plenty of money. And then they will offer all these free things. But the assumption may not be valid. So in this case, the assumption is not valid. The assumption is we don't have a lot of money. And we're going to take a look at that. Assume there's enough money to provide the promises and then start promising. No way. Not enough money, as I said. don't have enough money today. No. So let's take, let's break it down here. And you heard it here, folks. We're going to break it down. So let's go to slide number one. What is the net worth of the top 1% of Americans? It's $10 million. Those are the 1%ers. They're the 1%ers. The 10%ers, 
1.1 million. So obviously you can tax the rich, but you're not going to get enough money because they're looking for $50 trillion over 10 years. And that's the last number I heard. We have a 32 trillion number that came out of a study. Next slide. What is the net worth of the top 5%? 2.5 million. And if you're there, you're considered wealthy. That's including your house, cars, everything. So if you're going to uh, tax people, is there enough money to pay for it? Let's go to the next slide. How many trillionaires are there in the world? There are currently no trillionaires alive today. The current known limit of personal wealth is about 80 billion. Next slide. Do we know who that $80 billion person is? No, I don't. Do you? No, I don't. I was just curious. Bill Gates is up there. I think Buffett's up there. It's got to be some sheik. And, and there's Arabian some... Country. Yeah, you know, Mexico's got some pretty wealthy folks down there. Wow. Uh, to be in the top 10%, you need a net worth of at least $65,000. To be in the top 10%, it's $65,510. So the last I heard, there was $2 trillion of money in circulation in the U.S. If you've got a $50 trillion price tag on what you're promising, <laughs> then, then you're not you're not going to be able to tax enough on an annual basis to make it because you're going to need five trillion dollars and velocity of money and multiplier effect has to be very high in order to get enough money because we already have a certain amount of uh, uh, obligations we're currently spending over a trillion dollars a year close to two trillion in order to get money into the government, you've got to tax the dollar multiple times because there's not enough money in circulation to pay for the benefits. Or if you did, nobody would have any money. So the money in circulation is about $2 trillion. I've heard anywhere from $1.2 trillion to $2 trillion. What you When you tax the dollar, for example, let's, let's break it down. Very simple. I take a dollar and I go to my cleaners. I've already paid taxes on that dollar. The cleaners takes in the dollar, they pay taxes on it, and then they go out to eat at a restaurant. So the guy at the restaurant takes that money in, they pay taxes, they go buy a car. And so on, so on, so on through the economy. And that drives revenue. So if you've got $2 trillion in circulation, I've heard it, 1.2 to 2. But if you've got that much money in circulation, if your tax rate is 20%, you're only going to get 20% every time you tax the dollar. Keeping it very simple. So how many times do you have to tax that same dollar to get enough revenue to pay for all the free stuff? So the liberals think that they could tax the dollar by raising taxes and get enough revenue. The more money you 
the, the higher you raise taxes, the less gets spent and the less velocity you get on the dollar. The lower the taxes, the more people spend, the more revenue goes into the treasury. It's very simple. It's economics 101. Well, maybe that's 401. I don't know. No, I mean, it makes sense. If you tax people more, they have less to spend, so they don't want to spend as much. That's right. They hoard it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happened in the Obama years. So when we look at all these free things that Bernie Sanders has given away, and he's moronic. Elizabeth Warren, um, who's the, even Biden's given away free stuff. So there's not enough money. And look at it this way. What are they doing? They're out buying votes with our money. They're taking our money and promising free stuff to get votes so that they can get elected and give away our money. So they're out buying votes, not with their money, but with our money. They're promising all this free stuff and it's never gonna happen. Or if it does, we're gonna go the way of some communist country. Bernie Sanders is a raging communist. And he hasn't got good economic sense. He can't even tell you how he pays for this stuff. He can't even tell you how much it costs. He doesn't know. What did Nancy Pelosi say about Obamacare, Steve? Uh, you'll know what it is when it gets passed. Yeah. Some crazy thing like that. Well, you, know, you vote for him. Matter of fact, give him a shot and guess what happens? In four years, we'll be going the course of Venezuela. Same with Biden. He's giving away free stuff. There's Medicare for all. It's impossible. It hadn't worked in any other country on the planet. Why do they think it's going to work here? Steve, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. <laughs> it's insane. But yet they keep doing it. So when you look at the free Medicare for all, it just doesn't work. It can't work. And there's a study, and I think we have it somewhere in your stack of stuff there, Steve, that uh, I think it's slide number five. Got it's it. a study done at a George Mason University. No, that's not it. That's not the one? But anyway, no. Uh, that's all I got. Here's another, read, go read that one. Sanders supports repeal, repeal of some of the tax deductions that he says benefit hedge funds and corporations. This is all micro. Somebody makes a lot of money and hits the news and we're going to go tax them. Years ago in, in the medical field, it was called polypharmacy. You would take a drug and it would create a side effect. So then you'd go to another doctor and say, I've got this problem. And the doctor treats that with a drug. And then that drug creates another side effect. And then you go to the doctor, another doctor, because people go to different doctors and they keep treating side effects. Yeah. And it's it's taking the, the side effect from one drug and giving other drugs to treat it. Yep. Polypharmacy. And it's done all the time. But the same thing with... Uh, with what's going on here. When you have a situation in the economy 
and you address it, you don't know what's going to happen in other areas. It's called a ripple effect. You drop a boulder in a pond, you're going to have waves and they're going to keep coming. And you don't know what's in them when you do that in the government. They did it with Obamacare. They micro-engineered Obamacare without understanding the macro impact on the whole economy and the whole government. So you can't micro-engineer a problem unless you understand the macro first. Yep, amen. Ba basic, basic economics, that could be 203. Yeah, but that's macroeconomics, so, and that takes a special breed of brain to understand that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I wasn't stroking your ego, but okay, we'll lose. We'll let that go. I am a macroeconomist. So let's look at how crazy Bernie, crazy. Doesn't he look like a crazy man standing up there waving his finger and shouting and everything? He reminds I me mean, of just, Nixon. No, really? Oh, I don't Drop remember him. Nixon. I just remember Nixon. I am not a crook. I am not it with his hands. <laughs> Drop Bernie in some communist country somewhere and let him sit there and do what he's doing. They'll love him. I'll just keep so, pointing at everyone. Yeah, that's right. So let's, we have a slide of Bernie Sanders' website. I don't want to pull it up, but when you, yeah, there it is. If you hover over these things, and I just took a screenshot of them, but you can go there, Bernie Sanders dot com forward slash issues when you hover over these things these things are are voluminous in all the things like the green new deal that thing alone that actually that's insane when you read that 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 defies logic it doesn't make any sense college for all doesn't make any sense uh medicare for all uh, when you hover over them and you read all the stuff they're going to do, and I think there's another slide that has even more of them, expand Social Security, housing for all, uh, honoring our commitment to veterans, free child care, justice and safety for all, eliminating medical debt, reinvestment. They're buying your votes with our money. And why people can't see that, it's slick. The only other, well, other people have done it, but the major person that did it years ago was FDR. He had all these programs, CCC, WPA, all these things to get us out of the uh, depression. But what did you have to do to get the job? You had to become a member of the Democratic Party. So he was buying votes with our money. It's great if you can do it. Then you got people like me screaming about it. So, <laughs> so let's look at how this is going to impact business taxes and socialism. Owning a business is going to be difficult because it's going to be stripped of its revenue. So all the home-based businesses and all the people that are trying to achieve their, their entrepreneurial nature and, and trying to elevate themselves, they're going to get stripped away. Uh, businesses are going to leave the country. I mean, they were leaving. When Obama was in, they, they left because of the high taxation. They started to leave under Bush. And then Trump brought them back. And I don't care what you think about Donald Trump. He's created the best economy that we've had for 50 years. Small home-based business would dry up. I talked about that. And 
People need to pay attention when they say, oh, it can't happen here. Let me read you a few places. <clears throat> Venezuela. Sound familiar? You've heard about that. That was one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. And in, in 20 years, it's now one of the most impoverished countries on the planet. Russia after World War I happened. Uh, North Korea, China, Iran, Cuba after the revolution. And I've been to Cuba and I've seen that firsthand. And when crazy Bernie starts to say, well, Castro's not a bad guy. He educated people. He educated them how to read about communism. And he, how about all the work camps, Bernie? How about all the firing squads, Bernie? I really need my raise on fire sound effect today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it it's crazy when you when you see that uh, uh, when you see that that this stuff it makes no sense. It makes very little sense when you look at it through a macroeconomic grid. And well, they're good. I think I think the problem, at least from what I see, is they're good ideas. But show I mean, I, I, let people see you. Oh, okay. I think, at least from my point of view, I think they're good ideas, but at the end of the day, you know, nothing is free. If you're getting the services of a doctor for free, that doctor is still having to pay their bills. So that money is is like, by definition, if you're getting something for free, someone is working for you for nothing. And it just, mathematically, it just, it doesn't add up. Right, right. Yeah, because... What occurs is people become bureaucrats and they want to they want to work as little as they can because they know they're going to get paid no matter what they do. All those small business owners stop making money because all the money they make goes to the government. That's right. No incentive. Yep. It's been done. And, and don't be fooled by the word democratic socialism, because let me tell you, that's a word out of Karl Marx. And Marx was an economist, a socialistic economist, communist. And they use democratic socialism to woo people into this philosophy. So people say, well, I'm democratic. So what? We take a few things and we border on it all the time with all the free things we give people. We border on democratic socialism, but never has it been brought to the forefront as Bernie Sanders, crazy Bernie. And he's the one that is actually getting traction, but he he's getting it with mainly the kids because they're taught this garbage in, in college. And so, maybe a few adults that don't know any better, but if people understand socialism and how hurtful it is to others, it just violates our, our premise that our country's built on, under God. Socialism is not under God. It's under the dictator. Look at Venezuela. You can go pray all you want. So, and I'm not besmirching religion, but 
our forefathers built this country so that it would be different from the others because they left countries that were controlling people to come here for freedom. We call this financial freedom radio. We're talking about freedoms. And yes, we're political here, but a lot of our economic uh, functions in our economy are political. And so we need to understand how it's going to hurt us or help us. Socialism will not help us. Capitalism will always help us. And that's what has caused us to excel over the years. So I want to thank you all for coming and, um, and listening and putting up with me. If you made it all the way through this, <laughs> that's right. I'd like to have you please like, share, and subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel, Financial Freedom Radio. Go to financialfreedomradio.com and you will uh, be able to see the links to the blog and, and all the other information that, uh, that we have here. So I hope you folks have a great week and we'll see you back here next week, financialfreedomradio.com. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to learn how to create real sustainable wealth like the extremely rich people do, or maybe you just want to sustain the wealth you already have, you need to check out Dr. Ray's new book, Why the Rich are Rich. Ray's been coaching clients for 35 years and has completely unlocked the secret strategies that rich people use day in and day out to grow and sustain their wealth, regardless of what's going on in the economy. His book is completely free, and you can get it by going to whytherichareRich.com and entering your email address. Again, that's whytherichareRich.com. Head over there now.